Welcome to The Edge by MGR with your host, David Gill. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Edge podcast by MGR. I'm your host, David Gill. How is everybody doing? I'm having a great week, great day. Real quick update before we get into... uh, How to Dominate Email Marketing, as the title of this podcast suggests. Uh, Real quick, just quick update. Uh, The new site, mgredge.com, is very near complete. The new website I've been giving updates over the past couple weeks. Uh, We are just putting some final touches on it. It's been three weeks in the making now. I'm I'm really, really excited for you guys to see it. I think you're really going to like it. I've set a hard deadline for next Tuesday, which obviously this, this podcast goes up every Tuesday. So next Tuesday, next week's episode, the website will be live. It will be your new favorite media hub for everything tech, business, and life. Uh, I really, really think you guys are going to like it. So I'm really looking forward to it myself. Obviously, I'm excited. Anyways, that's the only update for this week. I'm keeping it short. So let's talk about email marketing domination. Roll the intro. You ain't got no money. I ain't got no time. All these faces looking funny when I'm driving by. You know, marketers have it backwards when it comes to email. A lot of marketers think that once they've got someone's email or on their email list, they now have, they've gotten that person's consent to just sell, sell, sell. That's the complete opposite of what you should do. And the first two or three emails that you send to someone once you've captured their email oftentimes determine whether or not the person will stay engaged actively and read the things you send them. First, impressions matter in everything and especially in marketing. You need to be providing value, not just going for an ask. In fact, at MGR, and this is not like a plug from GR, I'm just using it firsthand experience. We do almost no direct selling through our emails. Like seriously, it's it's rare that we do. And a good rule of thumb is the 90-10 rule. That's the one that I personally follow and MGR likes to advocate. And that is send 90% value, and I'll discuss what value means in a second, but send 90% value content and 10% asking something. So that means that 9 out of t- your 10 emails that you're sending should be sent solely with the intention of delighting the person and nothing else. That's how you build a strong email list where your unsubscribe rate is near zero and your open rates are double the industry average. It's all about building brand equity and trust. No one trusts salesmen, right? People have a natural distrust for salesmen because you know all they want is your money and they don't actually care about you. We all know that feeling, yet so many of us fall for that trap when it comes to our own business and marketing experts. And what GDPR did, whether you agree with it or not, and I don't totally agree with all the things that GDPR did either, but it happened, so there's no going back now. What GDPR did, it it exposed the fact that the majority of marketers were not providing any value or very little value through their email lists and were just sending people sales emails constantly. And that's why so many people saw their list drop by 80 90%. I mean, that is 
obviously that that sucks quite frankly but that's why that's what happens when you aren't building the customer relationship and you are just trying to sell 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 all the time and not actually thinking about the person you're sending to thinking how can i help them and let's that kind of transitions me in my next point so the next question is naturally okay that makes sense how do i provide a lot of value to my email subscribers then and this varies a lot on what your business does or by what your business does and it varies on the reason why the person subscribed to your email list in the first place but i'm going to give you some general ideas and actual case studies from us and our clients that hopefully help you so the case in which you can actively sell and by selling you're actually providing value is when people sign up for special offers and discount updates or you know when you have new products in that case if that's the reason the person subscribed go for it right they are asking you to sell to them go for it sell all you want but that's the only that's only if the person signed up for that reason. If they signed up expecting some type of valuable content or signed up because you offered a webinar or, you know, uh, you guys know all the tricks in the books, I'm sure. If not, Google it. But if they signed up for those things and then they're constantly getting just bombarded with sales emails all the times, they're going to get pissed off. So that's the only case in which I am totally okay with clients and other people uh, just doing lots of selling is when people actually sign up saying, yes, I want to know when you have sales, when you have discounts, new products, whatever. Totally awesome. Go for it. That can be a conversion machine for you. But let's talk about providing value in all other cases, which is much more common. Value generally comes in two forms, utility or entertainment, or even better, a mixture of both if you can. Obviously, you, if you're doing utility, you don't want it to be completely dry, throw on a little pizzazz in there, right? Like I try to, these these podcasts are mostly informational and utility, that's what I go for, but you know, I try not to be dry as if I'm just, you know, reading a script or something. I try to be fun. But if you're into B2B like your, like ourselves, I should say, then you can do things like what we do. So I'll give an example. So we send a digest. Uh, it has a myriad of different things that we include uh, depending on what, what email we're sending. We'll probably split it up most of the time. But a lot of times it's, you know, articles we've written. And a lot of the articles we write, pro tip, is, uh, pro tip, is in direct response to client questions or requests or client feedback so if we get a lot of questions about a certain thing like we actually had a lot of questions about obviously as a company that works on building uh you know web platforms for our clients uh, we got a lot of questions when gdpr came up back a month ago about oh my gosh what do i need to do on my website what do i need to convert so we wrote a whole article about that right that's a exec perfect example of creating content that's super valuable to our clients because they were already asking for it anyways so we'll we'll send them a digest of articles or maybe podcasts that are informative sometimes we'll send a video if we think it can be insightful or useful right just thinking about what would our email subscribers want and it doesn't just have to be fully expanded content like articles or podcasts it, that's fine it's more of a digest in that case but you know it can also just be a two sentence quick tip or an interesting question i really like those because they're simple clean you're not asking the person to click away from the email just it's actually in the email itself don't be afraid to be spontaneous and you know push the boundaries of formal content not everything has to be formal it can be just 
like useful or fun you know one thing i actually have planned for an email i'm sending out soon is just my spotify like workflow playlist because i know that i'm always looking for good but like non-distracting music to work to and it's kind of hard sometimes to find it and i actually you know i obviously know a lot of people who do the same they are always talking about oh yeah what do you listen to you when you work so i thought well let me just go ahead and put a podcast or i'm sorry a playlist together for people on our email subscribe list and if they want to listen to it they can that has nothing to do with any service or product that we sell at all. It's just something cool that I think people might like. And so I'm going to send it to them. Exactly. Like providing value, not expecting anything in return. Send things with the user in mind with no expectations of return or sale. That's why I advocate completely splitting emails into two groups, right? You have your value emails and your sales emails. If I'm going to ask or going to make an ask in an email, whether it be a sale or something along the lines of like, you know, follow us on Instagram, whatever, uh, it's going to be obvious and transparent. It's not going to be mixed in the middle of something so I can trick them into reading my sales pitch. All right. So let's talk about B2C. That was a little bit of a B2B background. Obviously, that's what we do because we're a B2B business. So those are firsthand examples of things that I've done. But let's talk about B2C. Really, it's similar. Um, again, everything is context dependent. If you sell plungers or hotel rooms or makeup, it's going to be different approaches, but it's all based on the same principle, figuring out how to provide value for the people that are subscribed to your email list. If you're selling makeup, then the obvious thing would be to you know probably make makeup tutorials or new looks your team came up with. I'm not expert on makeup, but I think you get the idea. Uh, if you sell hotel rooms, you can take more of the entertainment approach that, rather than the utility approach. One of our clients, uh, I'll give them a quick shout out, the Weston Grand Cayman, does this fantastically well. Uh, they created a blog and it's really just them having fun doing cool things in the Cayman Islands. Obviously, it's a great location to do a vlog from. Very few people are on like a Caribbean island, so it you know, they use their distinct advantage or their, their uniqueness to their advantage, I should say, but their customers love it. And they actually get very good viewership for something that most people would, a lot of people struggle with. How do you make an entertaining piece of content? That's just about our business. But anyways, I can keep giving you examples all day, but it's, it, again, it's context dependent on your business. So you're going to have to come up with the creative aspect yourself or hire someone to do it. And one more quick uh, tip before I get into the actual sales email that you'll send, because yes, I know the sales email is the one you care about most. Give me a second. So consistency. The best performing emails are ones that are predictable, whether it be monthly, weekly, daily, twice a week, whatever. It doesn't matter. Just uh, having a consistent schedule does two things. It makes people look forward to what you're going to send them, and it doesn't fill their inbox randomly and annoy them it's okay to send an off schedule email every now and then i don't have a problem but if it's something unique or not something that would be a usual digest or newsletter but try sticking to some consistent schedule because it generally leads to a better subscriber experience again higher open rates people look forward to it and lower unsubscribe rates all right now let's talk about the sales email since i know that's all any marketer really cares about in the end i get it the sales email is really simple, especially if you follow this 90-10 formula. It doesn't have to be exactly 90-10. It can be 80 or 
whatever. I, I wouldn't go more than 80-20, but if you follow the formula of just flooding them with valuable, valuable content and valuable entertainment, whatever, then they're already going to, in the back of their mind, be kind of deciding whether or not they want to work with you, whether or not they want to buy your products. So when you send the sales email, don't beat around the bush. Don't you know disguise the email headline as something else like a lot of people do. Just make it clear. When you're consistently giving value to the person, again, they're going to kind of have somewhat made up their mind already and all you're asking in your email is for them to decide or saying are they ready to decide to work with you or not that's that's really it and you know there's a couple types of sales emails or ask emails i should say the most common is just you know uh we think you might be interested in our product or service x right whatever you sell we've decided to give it to you for 20% off. A discount obviously always helps. You don't necessarily have to give a discount, but that's a good example. Hey, you're subscribed, you've shown interest, we think you would like it. Here's, you know, bullet one, two, three, why it would be useful to you. And here's a code or click this link and get 20% off now. Very simple, very clean, very upfront. Uh, it can be less of a direct sale, something like we just unveiled a new product sex service that does X. Would you like to do to learn more? Very simple. You're not actually selling. You're just saying, hey, look at this new thing we're working on. Do you want to check it out? Or it can be a non-monetary ask like I was saying before. You know, you can send something like, hey, you're subscribed to our email newsletter, but are you following us on Instagram? If not, go ahead and follow us on there too, right? If you just want to build the customer relationship more, it's a slight ask, but it's not really a big deal. You're not asking for money. You're just saying, hey, follow us on Instagram. You probably already have one. But that's really it. There's nothing too complicated about the sales pitch when you're already, when you've already built the relationship and brand equity with the customer. Now, of course, that doesn't mean you should still not test out different sales copy images, buttons like you always do with any, you know, landing page or sales attempt to email sales whatever do all those things try different things out but be clear be concise and always think of the user first you know future regulations like gdpr there might be more the u.s has not taken action quite yet even though obviously gdpr definitely affects the u.s uh because so many you know the internet is international but the future of regulation or new company guidelines, if Gmail, Google says Gmail no longer accepts this or Facebook does that, and this applies more broadly to not just email marketing, but you cannot predict new company guidelines or regulations, but what you can control is the customer relationship and brand equity you have. So if you build that value and you provide value to them, you're going to have that relationship and it doesn't matter what regulation comes into place the customer is gonna go to you and so you won't have to go to them. It'll be a better experience. Anyways, that's it about email marketing. Hopefully that was helpful. Let's get into the news. It's time for the news. It's scooter time. So two weeks ago, I talked about Lime and Bird, uh, two electric scooter startups, electric sharing startup, scooter sharing startups, God, this is a mouthful, uh, that were able to raise hundreds of millions of dollars from VCs, venture capitalists, and were planning on rapidly expanding. But you know, I was somewhat questioning how they would differentiate themselves and not uh, end up in the eternal war similar to how Uber and Lyft have ended up. 
And the only real way that they can differentiate themselves is via network effects. The one who is able to bring in more riders and revenue faster can then deploy that capital that they're getting to expand their network even further by purchasing more scooters and making them more con a more convenient option. That along with brand loyalty, if they can build a strong brand to go along with their network, then their customers will stick to their service, right? That's really the only way. It's, uh, at the end of the day, they're both just providing scooters for rent. So there's not much of a differentiation there. Nonetheless, these are very difficult things to do. And now the very companies that I compared them to originally, Uber and Lyft, are jumping into the scooter business too. And as you might be aware, the money backing Uber and Lyft makes Bird and Lime's bank accounts look like peanuts. And on top of that, Uber and Lyft have massive amounts more of brand recognition, which is one of the only you know two or three ways that you can really differentiate themselves. All of this leads me to what or leads me to believe that one thing is going to happen and it's going to be an all out dog fight. That's all I wanted to say about that. I would just I kind of anticipate I didn't necessarily think that Uber and Lyft were going to join in, but I thought, man, this is going to be a real war to see who can win and who can take off in this industry. And now that these two companies, these two startups have Uber and Lyft coming in. I, I wish the best of luck to them. I wish the best of luck to everyone in this race. I'm impartial as to who wins. I don't really care. I just want these to be in Phoenix already, even though right now in the summer, I don't think that there's going to be much of a demand for them. But come the fall, come the winter, I'm all in. I'll be riding scooters all around town if they're available. All right, that's all the news I have for today. Just a quick update on that. Anyways, I'm going to make one small ask, and that is if you found this episode useful at all, that you share it with just one person. One, not two, not three. I'm not asking you to share it on Facebook or LinkedIn or anything. Just one person. Just email it or text it or Slack it to one person you think would want to learn about email marketing too or could use it too. I'm sure you're already think of one person who could right now. So do it. It would really, it would really mean a lot to me. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. See you next Tuesday. New site will be up.